So what we're looking for is a modern X factor. So X fact that 10% matters because it's what makes you distinctive and desirable. So for so many people, it's your competitive edge and it really can unlock magic. That, that X, if you think of an X, the modern X factor happens at the intersection of purpose. So, you know, for me, the purpose with my X factor is I want to, I want my message to be memorable. It happens at the intersection of purpose, of value. So what value are you providing for your audience? How do you get 10,000 people to take a step to the left? What's behind the relentless mindset of a world champion? Why do teams of exceptional talent fail? How do you manage? the pressure to perform. These are just some of the curious questions we will attempt to answer as we bring you world leaders, curious minds, exceptional talent, successful CEOs, and incredible human beings who know how to inspire great leaders and are inspiring great leaders themselves. I am Craig Johns, high performance leadership expert, international speaker, and CEO of Speakers Institute Corporate and World Sport Coach. This is the Inspiring Great Leaders podcast with ordinary don't belong. Welcome to the Inspiring Great Leaders podcast. In this episode, we are speaking with a special guest who has over 10 years of experience partnering with business leaders to achieve results using the powerful tools of storytelling. She is also an author of six books, including her latest work, X Factor, Unleash Your Presenting Superpowers. I'm really keen to dive into that today. Our guest has a BA in Economics and Sociology from St. Xavier's College and an MA in Economics from the University of Mumbai. She also holds an MSc, so Master's in Science in I am personal management from the London School of Economics and Political Science and has worked with businesses like Google, Ford, Altassian, Tiffany & Co, Adidas, ANZ and many, many more. Beyond her work in the business world, our guest is committed to social enterprise and pro bono work. She supports the High Resolves Global Citizenship and Leadership Programs, Pollinate Energy and is a volunteer guide at the National Gallery of Victoria. Please welcome a very special guest. In fact, she is actually our first and only returning guest so far, best-selling author and world's only economist turned Bollywood dancing business storyteller, <laughs> Yamini Naidu. Yamini, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you for having me. What an awesome introduction and a warm welcome to your audience as well. Hi, listeners. Yeah. So happy to be here. Oh, I just love seeing your smile and uh, the the episode we did back on episode 54, so it was a while ago now, called Business Story Mastery, uh, resonates well in my mind and look, just can't wait to dive in. The last time we shared a story around being on a red bus and eating an apple. So I know you know that story very well, uh, but we're going to go we're gonna go into a different place now. Um, look, I'm not going to go into your childhood because we did that last time, but this yeah. time around, look, I'm really curious for you, how has the last three years been um, as a human being and then from a work perspective? Yeah. 
Um, I think on both levels, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, with uh, particularly being in Melbourne. So I live in Melbourne. So Melbourne was a city that experienced uh, perhaps the most number of lockdowns anywhere in the world. So that was really complex and challenging. But I also um, found that Craig is an introvert. I, you know, just that quiet time was, was I quite valued it as well. So it stopped, it gave you that thinking space and that reflection space that we don't make enough of if you remember life BCE before the COVID era, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we just didn't make enough time for that. So it actually dropped us into these deep pools of reflective time of being by yourself or being with your family, living in your community. So for me, the upside was I became deeply immersed in my community because being a speaker, the travel completely stopped. So the first time I was actually walking around in my neighborhood getting coffees. Um, And that was just wonderful. That was really special. I also recognize the privilege of that. So very mixed, very mixed emotions, very mixed times, some good, some bad. Yeah, Yeah, it it was. It was a major shift in the way speakers worked um, or you get someone like um, an airline pilot who really their home is in the sky, is in a different bed every, you know, a couple of nights. And so it's it's a very different way of living and for mm. the body to slow down and gather those thoughts again mm. is, is a quite a, mm, most people go, oh, it must be so nice just to relax and stay still, but it's actually quite hard because you're so used to being on the go and it's so foreign for you. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, fascinating. And I think, Craig, also the fact that it was involuntary. Yeah. So when there's a choice to slow down and you do it on your terms, it's very different. Where is this one? Um, And I think it was, there's a wonderful poem by Damien Burr in the New York Times where he said, we're all in the same boat, but we're not in the same storm. Mm. Some of us are in a luxury yacht, yet others barely have an oar. So I think it was a time that we all felt really deeply connected to everybody, whether it was your barista or your, uh, you know, uh, the people in the supermarket, members of your community, just because we were all just going through this massive moment of like a crisis, but we were going through it together as a community, as a as a country and as the world. Yes, and you you kind of break the stigma that some people may have, I'm saying some here, that think all speakers are extroverts who love being out there and, <laughs> and being the life of the party all the time. But in most cases, we actually find though the best speakers in the world are mostly introverts. And why do you think that is? Because I think we're just constantly giving energy. So we, you know, when we're up on stage, we're our best shiny selves. We're giving energy. We're empaths. We're trying to connect with everybody in the room. We're trying to read the room. We want to be in service. Um, and that giving spaces to then be replenished. And for a lot of people, that replenishment happens, um, in, you know, in, in a quiet introvert space. So the complete opposite of that. Mm. It's almost the yin and the yang. Mm. I'm so sorry, Craig. My dog is barking. I'll have to go down and fetch him upstairs because it's a senior dog. So I'm just going to mute for a moment. That's okay. no <laughs> My apologies.
Apologies, this merits a screenshot, don't you think? A third guest in your podcast. <laughs> All right, let's take it. Let's get one here, right there. Beautiful. Love it. Ace, you've been so naughty. All right. Well, we'll cut that bit out so we can have a nice... My apologies, interview. yeah. No, 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 you're all good. My Aroha's uh, talking and trying to explain something to Julie out uh, in the lounge from what I can hear as well. You probably can't hear it, but... <laughs> uh, which is great. I'm Cool. All right. So, so the world of influence and... You know, there seems to be a bigger era in the corporate world around thought leadership. What have you noticed in regards, what are people actually looking for now in this world in regards to the influences they seek and the type of thought leadership or, or the way thought leadership is provided to the world? What, what, what are you seeing in that space? Um, I'm seeing a deeper, a deeper thirst for like connection and relevance and meaning. So almost people, there's a lot of burnout, there's a lot of exhaustion, there's a lot of disconnection. And we were just talking earlier, you know, the whole quiet quitting, the great resignation, the search for meaning is um, is accelerated, I feel, for this generation. So they're not going to necessarily do the long haul or unless there's purpose or meaning behind the work. Uh, a deeper realization of the importance of relationships, because mm-hmm. that's what that was the only thing that sustained us through through COVID. Mm. And and, uh, I'm noticing (laughs) there's something in the New York Times and they talked about seeing young Zs, young generation Zs on the train reading novels, but really profound novels like War and Peace. So they talked about this thing about being flamboyantly analog, Yes, flamboyantly analog. And I noticed that at a couple of uh, Gen Z, you know, friends, kids who've now just resorted to an old fashioned phone like a Nokia that doesn't have any social media capacity on it. Or, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, collecting records and stuff, which people have done for a little while. So so it's almost that countercultural moment to or countercultural movement um, that butts up against our expectation of that you know, rapid digitization. So it's almost like we, we're trying to refine our humanity as the space of change or chat GPT and all of that. So mm. I, I remember Anders Sorman Nilsson and he Digilog, the beautiful book Digilog a couple of years ago around we have um, digital minds, but analog hearts. So it's along the lines of that. And <laughs> it, it's, you know, I think he produced that probably, you know, eight to 10 years ago now. And so it's fascinating to see that shift. And I was kind of wondering when there'd be a course correction in a way, because as we know, right, too much digital fast pace, it fries the mm-hmm. mind and we, we never get to slow down and it's exhausting. So it's great to see that. And yes, you know, we can turn back time in history in a way and and that the relevancy of our history is still so prominent when you know we kind of get the feeling that everyone's trying to you know think about the future and and keep current all the time but we are seeing that connection back to history uh, and yeah absolutely uh, craig and, and that's a wonderful book digilog i do remember it so i've got it in my library i have to revisit it I think the other thing when you when you talk about thought leadership and speaking, I'm finding people don't have a lot of patience now for the whole sage on the stage. Mm. We've moved into a space where it's very much about co-creation, co-creating an experience with our audience yeah. and drawing on the wisdom in the room. Uh, so and before, you know, speakers, we, we always feel 
speakers used to always be quite ahead of the audience, but now I feel the audience and speakers sort of are so aligned. We're all in the um, we're all at the same level. So there's that great leveling that has happened. I feel post pandemic. So I think for us as speakers and thought leaders, that's the challenge of how we present or engage with content, but in ways that are really new. I don't know if you follow Michael Dixon, but just the way mm. he runs his events, they're so immersive, they're really cool, they're, uh, they're deeply connected. You feel like you, you were meant to be there and you're there. So yeah, they always sell out. So that's mm. sort of the kind of experience people are looking for. Yeah, I like it. I know Dal Beaumont, when he yeah. speaks, he does choose your own adventure. So he literally has couple of different ways it can go based on the feedback he's getting from from the audience and I think that's so important like my word of the year this year is actually experience and so how do I create an experience for my team how do we ensure that we have world-class learning experiences for those that that join our programs and and even every engagement and, and connection and conversation mm. what experience are we creating that what what can we leave people with where they mm-hmm. feel inspired or they feel something so, you know, that, that it's a lasting memory rather than just a flash in yeah. in, a, in a moment in time of our life. Mm-hmm. So I do love that, that connection of experience when it comes to influences. Very good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you've obviously, you haven't used uh, COVID just to sit back and reflect. You've used it to actually create. And we've seen a lot of people who have spent that time in, you know, diving into their ideas and their thoughts and been able to pull that together and package it in a way that can mm-hmm. support other people um, to become better human beings in the future. X Factor. Yay. Where did the idea of X Factor come from? It literally came out of my professional speaking convention, uh, March 13, 2020. Uh, So professional speaking convention is where professional speakers meet once a year. We have a conference and we listen to other speakers. We share ideas. It's like hanging out with your tribe. It's the best convention. Even non-speakers can come. So at PSA 2020, Vin Gian, and a lot of you might know Vin, um, he shared, he just said that every keynote should be made up of 30% content. And we all have this, like we're experts. This is the thought leadership piece. 30% delivery. And Craig, you and I know delivery creates that audience experience in the room. 30% inspiration, storytelling and humor. Mm. And I love that because my whole career has been dedicated to both of those. And Amanda Gore, whom you might also know, she reminds us that, no, don't share stories or be funny unless you want to be paid. Yes. And we're already sitting at 90%. And when asked a room full of speakers, he said, what do you think makes up the remaining 10%? And people guessed, you know, emotion, energy, connection, audience bribes. But nobody could guess that the remaining 10% is X factor. Now, Wynn's X factor is is he's a magician. Hmm. Now, that's all he shared. And he just went on to do other things. But that 10% X factor really intrigued me. Uh, That really sparked, like, uh, sparked my thinking. I said, how can we capture, because the X Factor feels so nebulous. You know, we go, oh, he's got X Factor, she's got X Factor, they have X Factor, but we can't pin down what it is. Mm. So that's that was what started that process. So then it, it a year of ideation, a year, you know, two years of running workshops, working with uh, various people has helped me identify what it is, what it is this modern X Factor can be, because it breaks your heart. The minute you hear the words X Factor, you think of the TV show. <laughs> it's not about that. Or you think, oh, I don't have X Factor. Or you're not sure what it is. Or And you get worried. What if you don't have an X Factor? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's so sad that most people go through their life without ever discovering their X factor. Mm. So I was determined to find this modern X factor um, and give people a process so they can then find and articulate their X factor. Ah, very good. The X factor. All right. So, uh, so when it comes to an X factor, okay. So we we think about you know that ten percent. What is that? What is that ten percent we bring that is unique to us, that allows us to you know somewhat stand out from everyone else? Um, that uniqueness in it. How can we find that? Yeah. So what we're looking for is a modern X factor. So X fact that ten percent matters because it's what makes you distinctive and desirable. Mm-hmm. So for so many people, it's your competitive edge, and it really can unlock magic. That t- that X. If you think of an X, the modern X factor happens at the intersection of purpose. So you know, for me, the purpose with my X factor is I want to, I want my message to be memorable. It happens at the intersection of purpose of value. So what value are you providing for your audience? Service. So that's the other part of that egg. Service. How does this serve the people in the room? So it's not about being indulgent or, you know, because I can sing or I can wear cookie costumes. If it doesn't serve the people in the room, it won't happen. It shouldn't happen. And four is uniqueness. So purpose, value, service, and uniqueness. The way I find, because X factor can be, you know, a quality, a phrase, a statement, a song, a hobby. It can be so many things that I figured out how to distill it down. And I find what helps people. One way of articulating your X factor is through an X factor statement. So my X factor statement, Craig, is I'm the world's only economist turned Bollywood dancing business storyteller. So a statement that marries or combines three elements paints a portrait of you that's unique, original, and memorable. So the three elements in my statement are economist, element one, Bollywood dancer, element two, business storyteller, element three. So my clients tell me, it's like, my clients tell me the process is really simple, easy, and it gives them great results every time. So the minute you find this X factor statement, it becomes a real powerhouse. It can transform, obviously, your speaking, but your professional life and your very identity. So as you're going through that process, I'm sure lots of different things that can, uh, may come up for certain people around their X-Factor statement. And you know, for some people, they probably don't maybe get what their uniqueness might be. You know, How do we know? Oh, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet, but... Why am I more unique than anyone else? What is unique about this? How can they start to understand what might separate them from many other people on this planet? Yeah. Uh, Everything about X Factor runs counterintuitive. So the one thing that runs counterintuitive is X Factor is when we turn inwards. So, so often in life, we're turning outwards, searching for answers. But with X Factor, I invite you to go inwards and you look at your history and your heritage now, it doesn't have to be exotic. Maybe, you know, your family, you come from a family of eight or you went to the beach every Sunday or you're, um, you know, third generation diehard Essendon supporter. That's just me <laughs> going yay for my team. The other thing I get people, invite people to do is to look at their hobbies. What lights you up? So expect is meant to be fun. It's meant to bring something that's light to the room. So what lights you up? Is it, you know, rock music? Is it uh, knitting? Is it true crime podcasts? And the third thing we look at is 
any interesting facts. Um, so I don't know if your, your audience might be familiar with Hard Quiz, which is um, Tom Gleason's uh, quiz show on ABC, when contestants come on and they nerd out on a niche subject. So it could be uh, mid-century furniture, streaky bacon, Toy Story film. So what are some nerdy bits about you that you can bring in to create this statement? So there's a rule, Craig, in storytelling and in uh, humor. If it's personal, it can't be wrong. If it's personal, it can't be wrong. And I apply that same rule to your X factor. So you go deeply personal. And there's a process that I go through in the book. And the first, it's like a three-step process. The first step is what I've described to you, which is gathering data. Mm. But it's gathering data from your personal life, history, hobbies, heritage. So that's how you find all these unique things about you. And the second step is when we make that data zing. We make all those words, you know, dance. And the third is when we actually craft your statement. So that's the process. And that's how it allows people slowly, like unpeeling an onion, to deeply tap into what is unique about them that they can articulate in the world. So one of the other case studies featured in the book, one of the other examples in the book is Carolyn Tate. So Carolyn is like a, a teacher, a speaker, an educator. But her, her statement, her X-Factor statement is ex-banker turned purpose pioneer and river swimming activist. So again, you can see it marries three elements. Ex-banker, that's the start of her journey, turned purpose pioneer. She introduced purpose into Australia. River swimming activists. Every time people hear that, they just, people just uh, light up. They want to know what is river swimming. She actually swims in the Yarra River every every day. And people immediately have three questions for her. Is it cold? Is it safe? Is it clean? Is it cold? Yes, yes, yes. It's cold. This is Melbourne. The water is always cold, people. Uh, and it, she, her X Factor statement sparks a deep connection. People never forget that they meet, met a river swimmer. All week they're talking about it. They go, you know what, on Monday I met a river swimmer. It sparks curiosity. People want to know more. And quite often it sparks change. She finds she's got a new member to her river swimming community. Oh, I like that. Uh, I know just before I announced on stage, they did the last two components. Uh, you know, the, was known as the wild man of triathlon in Asia and once starred on a Taiwanese drama TV show. <laughs> so, I like the contrast of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think it's always good, you know, what's that uniqueness and be able to bring that together. So, all right, let's unpack these a little bit. Gather. Um, so is this something we spend weeks, months, years trying to do or do we put ourselves under time pressure? Uh, what's your approach for the gather? But gather is I ask a series of questions in the book. So there are three things we're trying to gather. It's history and heritage, hobbies, interesting facts. And there are just a set of questions in the book. So each should just take you about 15 minutes. Of course, Craig, the deeper you do it, the more, you know, the richer your answers will be. But I want people to just do it once so they get a sense of it. So that is what the gather stage. There are questions, you answer them. You try not to filter any of your answers. You just do like a big brain dump. So that's the gather stage where you put everything out there. So you don't try to curate. The other thing that's counterintuitive about X Factor is like all the way through about 90% of the book, I never mention audience. Hmm. Because I find if X Factor, you if you start by thinking, you know, 99.95% of the time in business, we start everything with by thinking about our audience, about our customer, about our client. But with X Factor, if you start there, then you get something that's very diluted. Because we immediately start to think, oh, but, you know, how would this work for those people? And I'll have to pull it back. And you dilute it and you end up with something that's people pleasing or quite vanilla. 
So what I want, so the through the gather exercise, I'm trying to move you deeper into yourself. I want you diving for gold. So we try to find our X factor in its purest form. But doesn't mean we'd always go out into the world with that whole statement. So what I mean is like my entire statement is what I've shared. It's um, economist turned Bollywood dancing business storyteller. Some clients want all of that. They want all three things, including the Bollywood dancing. Some clients just want economist turned business storyteller. Mm. That's what fascinates them. And some people just want business storyteller. They don't even care about, you know, economist. So once I've got, that's my X factor statement in its purest form. And then I curate it depending on what my audience wants. So that's your gather stage. So it invites you to go deep into yourself, unpack gently. Um, there are some, there are some trigger warnings in the exercise. So do, do what works for you. Be gentle with yourself. Practice grace. Grace is being kind to yourself. Mm. You can't, your X factor statement's not going to emerge fully formed in your prefrontal cortex. You can't think your way into your X factor statement. It's quite primal. It sits in your gut. So it's going to emerge through instinct, insight, and intuition, which is why we do those exercises. Then the second stage is zing. Zing is where we look at all the words that you have spread out before you. So these three exercises will drop out a whole lot of phrases, a whole lot of words. They'll be cookie, some will be too businessy, some will be, you know, really rough diamonds. You've got all this gold and you don't know what to do with it there. So that's what um, the Zing stage does. So it looks at some of these words or phrases and we combine them in three intersecting circles. We just randomly pick up three phrases and we combine them. And we try to polish up some of our words. So for example, Sandy McDonald, who's also a case study and an example in the book, she initially started off with um, one of her elements was nature lover. Hmm. And that's too generic. That's everybody, isn't it? Nature lover. Then she went to garden enthusiast. That's still quite broad. Then she went to epipillium lover and we went what's that we can't even say it it's actually orchid cacti so orchid cacti cultivator so can you see how we've gone we filtered down so we're getting something really unique so her completed statement is uh, zimbabwean born cloud obsessed orchid cacti cultivator so each word has to be worked on and then you go to try and combine different words and phrases to see which one of these works, what, you know, I love it, alliteration. So if you ended up with Zimbabwean born, zebra loving, Zumba, zealot, that would be fabulous, all Zs, you know. So that's where you do it. And then you start to craft your statement. You play with it. So it's very experimental. It's playful. It's always got a light touch. I like the light touch. I think light touch is fun. We've got to keep things fun in the world, don't we? Yeah. Like yeah. Sometimes we get to, a little bit too serious. Um, in the crafting mode, is it kind of like a uh, a comedian who who will tweak one word and and test it out, try it, expose it, experiment with it, then come back and test another word? Is that kind of what the craft means? Is that how we work on it? Or what is craft? Absolutely, all of those things. Like mm. one, uh, what you have said, it's through iteration. Like your statement, 15 years ago, I called myself a business storyteller and that felt really audacious because nobody was doing it then. And then I thought, then I added economist. And can you see how it slowly emerges? I go yeah. more deeper into my authentic self. Um, with your X factor statement in the craft stage, like making sure you have three elements really matters. Because one element doesn't feel enough unless it's got the heft of, say, Andrew Bocelli. So I saw this big poster that said the world's most beloved tenor, just one element. 
And that's got the heft of the Empire State Building. But most people don't have that. Mm. Two elements feels a bit unfinished and three feels just balanced. And we know this as speakers. I often refer to boy bands. I know I might have lowered the tone of your podcast. <laughs> In boy bands, there's always, um, you know, a member who can dance, a member who looks extra cute and one member who can sing. Or can he? <laughs> yeah. So I feel one of your words should be warm and relatable to your audience. One of them should be aspirational. I go, oh, you know what? I could do that. I could river swim, but I haven't done it. I could Bollywood dance, but I haven't done it. And one of those words should be inspirational. Mm. Your audience should go, wow. So that is, those are all the subtleties we put in in the crafting stage. And also looking for really strong sensory words. Uh, so I'll give you another example, which is a gold, ca gold case study in my book. Um, it's Tracy Essa. So Tracy is a keynote speaker, author, educator. Her statement is, ex-recorder player, Harley-Davidson bike rider, ferocious warmth leader. Now, I've shared two statements with X in them. The word X is not mandatory unless you're a recorder player. <laughs> ex-recorder player is genius, Craig, because would you would it be fair to say that everyone, most people are ex-recorder players? Did you play the recorder when you were a kid? Yeah, and I've got, yeah. uh, I've got a gramophone in the background. <laughs> I know, I noticed, I noticed. <laughs> Uh, but we never think to use it. That's what makes it genius. So it's instantly, it would delight and surprise any audience. Don't you reckon? You go extra quarter player, you get that laugh. Mm. And then boom, Harley Davidson bike rider. That is immediately, you know, it's aspirational. You can imagine it's a strong sensory word. You can imagine her roaring through the, through the streets in a Harley Davidson. And it also immediately restores her credibility after extra quarter player. And then boom, she lands it. She brings it home with Ferocious Warmth Leader, which is her IP. Really important, uh, Craig, in the gathering and craft stages that we never, ever, I've got a list of 100 plus banned X-Factor words. So like normally I would describe myself as an author, educator, speaker. Mm -hmm. But those three words are on my banned X-Factor list. So they cannot feature in my, any X-Factor statement because if I was to put those words into Google, I would get two hundred over 250 million hits. So there's nothing unique or distinctive about it if you share it with 250 other million people. Mm. So all the normal descriptors, and please keep using them in your professional life, you know, on LinkedIn or wherever you would because it gives people, you know, you're a marketer, you're a content producer, whatever it is. I've got a list of 100 banned words. And the minute you use any one of these in your X Factor, it'll become a non a non statement. So I'm really strict about that. Yeah, good. Now, oh, do you reckon we could do this on speed? Do you reckon you could uh, develop my X Factor statement on speed on this podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, you coach me through it. Coach me <laughs> Got through a pen it. and paper ready? All right, coach me through it. Oh, I caught you through it. Um, so the first thing is let's, uh, do, I'm just, sorry, I'm just pulling out the questions because I obviously don't know them all. So we're going to start off by the gather stage, which is gathering field data from your personal life. And we're going to use it to inform and shape your X factor. And the way Craig is doing it is absolutely right. Like going fast without self-censoring. So uh, Craig, just a trigger warning. Uh, I've been really careful with framing any of these questions. And I want you to always use Sukha, which is joy as your guide. So if anything you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Okay. Yeah. So just, just take care of yourself first. 
So, okay, now we want you to be as specific and detailed as possible. So you've got to make sure you've got a clean sheet of paper. So this is for your history and heritage. Where were you born? Describe your parents, grandparents, heritage and occupations. Number three, what jobs have you had growing up or before your current career? So just dot point them. Is there something you or your family are known for? A signature move, a sports team you love, a holiday destination you always went to? Um, question five, think of some positive lived experiences you have had. Can you write them up in a few words? Anything else you want to add to this list? Okay. Okay, now Craig on a separate sheet of paper, yeah? Okay, yeah. Uh, we're going to do your hobbies. Uh, first question, what do you do for leisure? Make a list. Okay. Number two, what, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Number what two. musical instruments can you play? If any, if any. <laughs> <laughs> that one's fast. <laughs> That's a short answer. <laughs> Three, what talents do you have? Even could be, you know, like cracking your knuckles or being able to do 10 squats, whatever it is. Okay. What performances have you given? Number four. It could be, you know, the sausage show or a sausage sizzle. doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be huge or flamboyant. What sports or sports team do you follow? Okay. What were your hobbies as a kid? Okay. Seven, what would you love to learn as a hobby? Okay. What hobbies have you tried unsuccessfully to learn? Okay. Okay, now this is the third and last set of uh, questions. This is your interesting facts. First question, what topics can you nerd out on? So I have a client, if he can, when he talks about slow-cooked beef, Redang, he can talk for four hours without drawing breath, yeah? So what topics can you nerd out on? There's a number of trends popping up here. <laughs> okay. What are some of your quirks? Number two, what are some of your quirks? Like you can't sit with your back to the doors or you're cloud obsessed or whatever it is. What are some of your quirks? Okay. What is one unusual thing about you? Only one? <laughs> I can do as many. <laughs> okay. What's your party trick? You waggle your ears or sing bad karaoke or <laughs> Okay. What is your party trick after some alcohol? <laughs> Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Oh, brilliant. That completes our gather stage. Okay. So what the three sheets of paper you have before you? They are your field data, Craig. So I want you to spread those three sheets of paper out. And working really quickly, I want you to highlight words that have what we call a zing, that are a bit exciting, that have a buzz. You know how comedians always end on the funny word? But just keep in mind that in the professional world, the bar is low. So just go fast and don't be over dramatic or overthink it. Highlight as many zing words as you can. And in a moment, I'll show you what to do with those words. Now, I want you, there are templates in the book to do this as well. And there are templates online. If you get another sheet of paper and say you draw circles in it. So if you look on page 193 of the book, 193 and 194, it, it's just two sheets with just circles. So can you just draw up a sheet of paper and draw some circles? Circles big enough so you can write words in them. Yes. And I want you to transpose some of your zing words into those circles. 
place each zing word. So one word per circle. Can can I hear some of your words? What are you thinking? What have you highlighted? Uh, Afro. Yeah. Uh, global citizen. Yeah. Problem solver, pioneer, service. Yeah. Saxophone. Yeah. Sport. Leader. Yeah. Beach. So you can, you, yeah. And this is where I also, if you look at that hundred uh, words, so things like leader, problem solver, mm. you can't use. They're on the banned list. Yeah. So go deeper, Richard. Pick the really unusual words in there. And just put them into the three circles. Yeah, put them in the circles. Yeah. So just go for quantity. Yeah. Go for as many. One word per circle. Go for as many. Yeah. But anything that you think would describe a lot of other people, like, you know, thought leader or a speaker, you can't, you can't really use. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to look closely at the words that you've got. This is your single circle list. So you've got one word in each circle. Yeah, what are some words? So we're going to what we're going to do now is we're going to make sure we delete any jargon, we punch up the words, we make sure they're not on our um, band list, etc. So can you read me some of your words, and we'll try and do that. Yeah. So Afro. Yeah. Uh, a global citizen, but they're two together. Yeah, that's fine. Global citizen. Can you give me some more nuance around it? Because a lot of people are global citizens, so. Uh, How can we make it a deeper, richer word? Okay, so lived in five countries, three continents. Traveled to 48 by the time I was 30. Okay, yeah, we'll come back to that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is in your next circle? Uh, so it was around talent. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get the right word for this one. But I'm someone that can quickly assess and observe someone's unique talents and draw that and draw that out of them, like unpack it. Yeah, yeah. If you were going to think of a metaphor for that, what would the metaphor be like? You are the what of talent. You, you're a talent spotter, is what yeah. you were saying. Yeah? yeah, but we'd put that for the moment. But you. Later, we can come back and give it a metaphor. Go back to Afro. What What more can you tell me about Afro? Uh, so you had an Afro or you sported an Afro? Or? <laughs> uh, so it's pretty much the only person that had a big Afro, blonde hair, living in Taiwan. Uh, and you, it was a blonde Afro? Yeah, blonde, big, big curly Afro, like huge. I, when, I yeah, raced, I when I raced Ironman, so I was the only one at that time, especially in Asia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you, this is when the richness so now we try, we can make that word we can really make it richer so i would go blonde big uh, asian afro or something like that we can come back okay we're just punching it up so we try to get little word pictures in each of those circles mm -hmm. um what give me another word that you had in your circle uh so the other ones which is around the ability to uh to solve puzzles, mm. Mm. to be able to make meaning of something, be able to see a whole lot of things and pull it together as one. Mm. You're like a meaning ninja. Yeah. You're at the highest level. What is the highest? But I would love something with another M in it. You're thinking a meaning wizard, meaning ninja, a meaning, meaning making machine, <laughs> a meaning making machine, a meaning maven. <laughs> maven is you're ahead of the curve. 
so I would love something. So you can put a yeah, uh, um, a blonde, uh, <laughs> a blonde big afro meaning making machine, <laughs> meaning making maven, meaning something. Meaning we look for an alter alliteration. This is when you can also you know just uh, maestro. Maestro, <laughs> I like how you claimed it. Yeah, you're a meaning making maestro. I like that. Because that's, uh, I'll tell you in a moment why I like it, but it's like claiming that highest level. No, no one says they're a maestro. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. What else did you have? What was in your other circles? Uh, so we had the one around the talent spotter, but the... Yeah. That one. Uh... Talent spotter. Uh, if it was a metaphor, are you a lighthouse? Would you attract... What would a metaphor... It may not all come today, but it will come, okay? I like talent spotter because it's neat at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or the talent mm. lighthouse. I do like that. Yeah. But that means you attract ships, but then it also sounds like, you know, the ship the ships that don't make it to you get wrecked or this. <laughs> you gotta be careful <laughs> with these metaphors. And if lighthouse is too cliched, if there's something more yeah, modern yeah, yeah. that yeah. you can use. Yeah. Uh yeah. Okay. Okay. What else did you have? Uh so around uh for me. I think it's around the ability to draw diverse people, like to surround myself with people that are different to me. So uh, something around attracting opposites. Mm. Mm. Are you like a human campfire? Human ca something about human spotting talent, attracting people of diversity. There's something, there's some metaphor in the periphery of my edges of my thinking. Mm. Something like that. I feel that you are somebody around whom people co form naturally. We form a community. So what would, uh, without, you know, things like connector, community builder, all on my ban list people. So don't you can't use them. So uh, Whoa, this is good. Getting <laughs> vulnerable on the podcast. Um in the 18th century, you know, people would run a salon and they would invite all their thinkers in. So there's something from that to be had of whether you're a, you know, whether you're a Renaissance man or a, what would a modern salon? Renaissance man. <laughs> we can come back. So you move quickly mm -hmm. through each, each word in each circle. We try to sharpen, we try to make it really sensory, we try to make it rich and nuanced. So it could only be Craig, can't be anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And also, once you claim these things, once you say you're a meaning maestro, nobody else can claim it, Craig, because you, you know, you've taken it. You've said that's who I am. So you, other people will just get envy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I thought of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's something in here around magnet as to do with leadership, right? It's obviously that attraction mm. um, that we were talking about before around the diverse. So it's just not it's not attracting everyone, and I, 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 that's impossible. One, it's impossible to do that. Uh, but two, the ability to um, actually, you know, something I talk about a lot, and that is um, the happy place for the misfits of the world. So maybe oh. we can play off something along the lines of that belonging. Right? We talk about belonging, the happy place for the misfits in the world. It's you attract those very diverse people. So.
you remember the pie piper of hamlin like how he leads all the there's something about misfits and mischief and you know yeah yeah the center of misfits <laughs> or or the what what's in is it central park <laughs> yeah <laughs> central, yeah, park like that. central park for misfits yeah 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 okay all right so we got you've got all the words in your circles you should sharpen them up so we got a few and we want three right we're coming back no no but look do do as many as you can in the uh, zinc okay yeah we try and do them all because then you'll have more choices when you go oh golly yeah yeah we come to combining in a moment so this is still the zinging stage where each of those words that are potential we try to really sharpen them up yeah sure and for those listening out there hopefully you're working through yours as well right now and yeah you're thinking what could it be for me yeah 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 how do i sharpen up what i've got in my individual circles how do i make each word zing mm. zing think of it making it pop making it sing making it you know glorious which is what we're doing with craig's words what else do you have craig in your um uh, just working through there a little bit as well just Making sure I'm collecting those. Um, something about curiosity. Yeah. What are you? Are you a curiosity cultivator, curiosity activist? Well, I'm fascinated by human behavior. Oh. There's someone who is fascinated by. Okay. This is when you should also feel free. to um open up a thesaurus yeah yeah i i've got a couple i mean I, i'm pretty happy with three here right now actually You think you I would I like you to have lots okay because we because in the interest of time yeah, yeah, we'll in the interest your, of time because because I yeah, don't want to Yeah but later you can come back and do the rest and send them to me. Yeah. I had uh, curiosity uh, I don't know captivator curiosity enchanter enchantress curiosity delighter curiosity seductor <laughs> okay whole lot of words okay the next but what the craig has oh, we've done two things with craig we've done step 1 which is gathering where he answered all these questions we've done step 2 which is zinging So all that data that he gathered he highlighted words that he thought had potential and then he tried to make those words shine. Mm. Now this is when the crafting stage happens. So Craig in the book on page 195 we've got a template. This is where I want you to take three random single single circles and move them into interlinking circles. So page 195 it's at the back of the book yeah. there's a template. Yeah, great. So I want you to just go wild and do as many combinations. So, you know, just the crazier the combination the the better it'll be. And later we can sharpen up that sharpen up each combination and decide which ones you want to go with. Okay. Cool. All right, so let's just create two just for yeah. for time's sake, I think, which will which will make it easier. So there's All right, let's let's go I'll sit with this for now. So the central park for misfits. 
uh, and let's go the meaning making maestro. Mm -hmm. Former Taiwan drama actor. Just <laughs> for so fun. Nice. Uh, I love meaning making maestro. Maestro, I would end on that. So ideally, when you're crafting your X Factor mm. statement, the last element should be where you want to leave your audience. Okay. So that should be inspirational. Yes. Yeah. So that's now I, I know. Okay, that's what I'm going to remember. That's what I'm going to connect with Craig about. Every time I'm in a meaning making, uh, you know, exercise, I want meaning made made in my world. I'm going to connect with Craig because he's the maestro. So I love that for you to finish on. Mm. It's what I'd call a crescendo finish. Yeah, it's a really strong, like the word activist. It's like a really strong finish. So that's definitely your third element. Uh, I loved Central Park for Misfits. Uh, there's just something as you know, it's uh, it just sparks curiosity. It sparks uh, mm. it's aspirational. Like, oh God, I wish I thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, your first one is going to be your challenge, Craig. I would like you to go something really warm, fuzzy, unexpected. I was leaning more towards the Afro. I don't see you with a blonde. That's such a different <laughs> part. And that the first element in your X Factor should be warm, relatable. It should be surprising and delightful. And it's telling me, oh, my God, Craig, that's where he started. And he has now become a meaning-making maestro. Oh, yeah. why don't we just why don't we just make it the wild man of triathlon? That feels a bit safe. The wild man, safe. because you've already used it before. Wild man of triathlon. Mm. It uh, leaves too many questions. I want, I want something fresher and more sensory. Okay. Uh, so you've got two really strong elements. So your first one, go wild. You can really play. You can get that laugh, that instant. Oh my god. I didn't expect that because your next two are such a crescendo. Then you're like, wow. Yeah. Central Park for Misfits. Yeah. And we need one that's it's unique. Oh, sorry, we've got, yeah. Because we can go, okay, even if you go, uh, Taiwan actor is not, you need some more, something more there. Yeah, yeah. Were you, unless it's got to be, uh, did you play a bit part? Did you tell me a little bit more so we can see if we can give it a bit of richness? No. No, I was, just, I, was, I was only once. I only once starred in it. And I wasn't a big, big star. So let, let's just keep it. Um, yeah, it's just fun. Like it's a fun one, right? That people don't expect. It's something. Tell me more about the afro, the blonde, big. Uh, so the afro, the afro decided to grow it out. I always had short hair. Decided to grow it out for marketing purposes. I, I wanted to, I didn't need more sponsorship. I didn't need money as an athlete. Um, I was always making really good money in the work that I did. And I was very happy with that. But for me, I was like, how do I stand out? How do I stand out? And and as a test on marketing strategy. And so I grew the Afro out, which was very painful for the first two years until that kind of settled. And yeah, because I knew that I would be the only person that would be racing endurance races in Taiwan, which didn't make sense, right? Why have a big Afro when you're trying to be more aerodynamic and things like that? So, <laughs> um, I, you combine, combine everything you're saying. Mm. Combine the Afro with aerodynamic and athlete. You've got your three A words. How would you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you're telling me so much about yourself in that first element. Oh, just the aerodynamic oh my God. Afro. 
Afro sporting aerodynamic athlete, <laughs> world's only. <laughs> world's only aerodynamic Afro athlete, but there's a, there's a couple more Blonde. out there. Blonde. Blonde. Ooh. We've got to be very careful that we, you know, we're very uh, sensitive about everybody when we say Afro as well. So yeah. Blonde Afro athlete. Turned, turned. Um, something about you were uh, you need um, Central Park for Misfits needs some sort of verb to make it come alive. Did you pioneer the idea? Is it you hold this? It's a space you hold for people, I understand. Yeah, it's a space you hold for people. How would you combine those two so it makes sense for your audience when they listen to it? So what was your first element? What have you... So it was the, um, the aerodynamic afro for athlete. That was the one we we're talking about, right? So that's the yeah, first yeah. elephant. Uh, elephant. The first element, correct, correct. <laughs> and then into turned Central Park for Misfits. Created. Uh, created did you create the set like you've created a central park for misfits it's a metaphor did you yeah. create it yeah it needs a verb it needs some sort of word in there central park for misfits and then yeah. became the meaning making maestro or something like that yeah yeah now sharpen the segues so can you see how they there are tiny segues between each element yeah so the blonde aerodynamic Afro athlete from athlete. Asia. Yeah. Asian athlete from Asia. Yeah. Turned. Oh my God. You and yeah. Yeah. Turned um, cultivator of the Central Park for Misfits. Yeah, nice. And meaning make and meaning making maestro. You can just go and meaning and making maestro. Meaning making maestro. You're very close. Can you sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Hey, how good was that? Hey, let's give let's give Yamini a big round of applause there. For yeah. Great job coaching. Woo. <laughs> um, uh, I would just tell your audience that uh, you know every author is very proud of their book, mm. but particularly me, it's such an original. It's a very original book. There's not a single book on the market trade that talks about X Factor for presenting, mm. let alone gives people a process where they find their X Factor. But I also want to really congratulate Craig. Because I Craig, Craig has done two things. He's got the statement with three elements, which is what I really want people. But I think your meaning-making maestro, I feel it has the heft to be an X-factor statement with just one element. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you have to break the rules. So I feel it's so strong that you could even just have that on its own. Uh, and, of course, you can have all three. And now can you see you just have to nuance it and make those words crisper but they're all there big round of applause for craig thank you <laughs> under the public eye putting it out <laughs> uh, all the templates all the questions mm. all of that are in the book and they're online and i invite people later we can give people you know a way of connecting with me i invite people to send me their statements and i'll help you polish it back and forth this is my soul work so i'm on a quest to help everyone find their x factor and articulate it um, I think the world will be a better and a happier place when people realize that each of us is truly special. Yeah. And Craig, uh, something about this I found when I do uh, recently I'd had I did this with a group of people and they were all really senior leaders. There was such a subtle shift in the whole dynamic and um, in the subterranean dynamic of the room. Uh, and later I was sort of reflecting on what happened and I realized that you know all our life we told, "Oh, you're special! Oh, you're special!" But secretly, we worry we're not. Mm. And what happened in the room that day, everybody left with an X-Factor statement. And they just, they just left feeling like, oh, my God, I've got something 
that is unique about me that I want to share with the world. And that was really powerful. Yeah, I think in this world, no one wants to be really, I mean, some people, some people seek being labeled as being part of something. Others don't want to be labeled as part of something, but everyone would like their own label in a way, and that, which pr- brings out their uniqueness. So I really love what you're doing here with the X Factor. It's, and, you know, when you do it with a group and a team dynamic point of view, it now allows each person to understand the other person in a deeper way. Yeah. Uh, away from just the job title or the work that they do to actually understand what their true uniqueness is. And so I think this is a, is a beautiful way of doing this. And, you know, as we know, everyone out there does have an X factor. And it's a lot of the time people will never, ever get to really understand or even know it's there because they, they don't get the opportunity to, to unpack things and reflect on things. And so this is a great tool and a great way of being able to uncover what you've yeah. done in, in this world and what you're here for. So I think it's honoring it's honoring all of that. It's honoring your life experiences. Uh, I want to really bust a myth because we've really bought into this very hard-grained mythology. It's part of our psyche that expect is something you're born with. It's for a handful of people. Uh, it's, you know, shiny teeth and sequins and big. So I really want to bust that mythology and go, everyone has X-factor potential. It can be mm. small. It can be intimate. It's got to always be in service of your audience and your message. So the second part, after people find their X-factor statement, I show people how they can use it as part of their presentation. Because so often the worst advice we can give people is be yourselves in a presentation because we don't know how to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, so this allows. So for me, like, you know, because economists, I'll often make a joke about economists. I'll use a theory in economics. I'll um, Bollywood dancing. I teach some of my content for Bollywood dancing because, you know, kinesthetic learning, it anchors it with people's body. It's fun. Yeah. And of course, I weave a whole lot of stories from my presentation. So that's how I would drop those three elements of my X Factor into my presentation and you can do something very similar you know with um, afro athletes you could definitely have lots of stories about the Ashrita, uh, um, central park for misfits and probably for you there might be a resonance in the room and the way you hold the space you might be role modeling some of these as well mm. yes very very good I, I like this i you know for when you wrote this book was there one thing that you really learned about yourself that you weren't expecting uh, the one thing that I learned was what is possible with ideation. Uh, Craig, I had a very, um, I had a very, um, I had a near-death experience last year. Hmm. On May 1st, 2022, last year. So I was at an event at Terrigal, New South Wales, and I felt violently sick. And um, I just made it back home in Melbourne. Some instinct brought me home. You know, I was so sick on the aircraft. I was sick all the way through. The Virgin people were wonderful. I was wheeled onto the aircraft in a wheelchair, wow. which has never happened to me. I was wheeled off. And, you know, luckily I used a car service. He picked me up. And I came home and I just wanted to go to bed. But my husband had some instinct and he, he just decided to take me to emergency in Epworth, which is our local hospital. I, they literally took me, almost carried me to the car. And I got a wheelchair wheeled me to emergency and normally in emergency there's triage and as I started speaking to the late to the nurse in triage she calls into her lapel she says category two category two two attendants fly out the doors fling open they fly out they grab my wheelchair and they zip whisk me away and that's the last my husband sees of me he doesn't know what happens you know and of course I'm totally out uh, because I was I was so sick I had uh, I'd, I'd been very very travel sick 
So the salt levels in my body had fallen to a dangerously low level. And what I realized later, I've got a whole lot of medical friends. So category two means like if you don't treat this person immediately, they could go into a coma or have very serious, yeah. something very serious could happen to them. And I get up in the morning and I'm in a room like Frankenstein because they couldn't even do a COVID swab. They couldn't tell if I had COVID or not. Sure. So they just put me in an isolated room. So completely white room, not a soul inside. I've got like all these uh, drips and stuff and I I scream I go what's the time and somebody comes and goes at seven o'clock I go oh my god I had a gig at one o'clock that day I was launching purpose and values for an organization I was like I've got to get home and somehow I made it home they, they didn't even complete my discharge you know my husband would come and get me did, did that gig and then I collapsed for a week I was in bed I couldn't get out I couldn't read um, I couldn't move none of that but what kept me going was my work mm. So I couldn't look at a phone. I couldn't read. I was completely immobile in bed for a week. So I could look out of my window. And of course, my you know, family was looking after me and giving me food and stuff. And that was when this X factor, the whole idea just kept growing. It kept, and, and I thought, oh my God, how privileged and grateful I am, even though I was really sick and I had a very bad near-death experience. And sadly, Craig, even though I had a near-death experience, I didn't have an out-of-body experience because that would be a really good story for a storyteller. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, so close. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So I, in the book, I talk about Ring of Fire is how I would describe this experience. So I feel I went through that to, to, to be able to share, to share this idea that you everyone has X-Factor potential. This is how you can find it and go out in the world and make a difference with your X-Factor. Yeah, I think your life is an experience and I think it's important for people to understand that you've been through an experience your entire life. You go through multiple exposures of experiences and, you know, to have an impact or influence on the world, you need to create an experience for other people and it starts with X Factor, yeah. uh, which is which is absolutely brilliant. Um, now, we all know smart people have great answers, but the most successful people asked great questions Ooh. when was the last time you did something for the first time <laughs> uh, i'd have to say recently i've been playing with learning to replay the recorder because oh. i'm thinking of how i can use it as part of my speaking hideous 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 but then it's going to be a spoof i'm going to like bad recorder playing <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, so that I've also been uh, I recently started learning Bolly hip hop so I do Bollywood dancing so yes. Bolly hip hop combines hip hop and Bollywood dancing and it's really hard because it's this marriage of two styles where Bollywood is very soft and emotional and hip hop is hard and more vibe so I'm loving that it's like two different parts of your brain like suddenly you're soft and then suddenly you're really firm and hard so I'm loving the challenge of that <laughs> I like that I definitely haven't had an answer like that so far uh what is the one question at the moment that you would love to solve uh you i changed my answer after you heard after i heard about your daughter's name aroha you know we've like we all went through covid and we all went through the pandemic and i thought imagine a world where if we had a pandemic of love compassion and abundance mm. which is the meaning of your daughter's name so i feel that would really counterbalance everything that we've had and really set us up for success over the next millennia if we did that. 
If you could so figure like out to imagine how to, a world. Yeah, huh? Imagine yeah. imagine how you could figure out how to spark that pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you always um, see incidents on TV and radio and on Facebook yeah. of people, you know, just having meltdowns and you really feel for them because everyone is fragile. And mm. you think, what if the reverse happened and we had, you know, we had a love meltdown, like, oh, you know, compassion, a compassion out, a compassion, what's the opposite of rage? <laughs> I know. Uh, see, we, we don't even have the language for it, Craig, it shows yeah. you, yeah. yeah. What is an, for you, what is an inspiring great leader and who would be a great example of this for you? Yeah, I combine both my answers into one. I think I am currently inspired by Lena Nair. She is the CEO of Chanel, of the brand Chanel. Um, so she's very young. She's of Indian origin, um, and she came from um, she came from Unilever. So that's a really unusual appointment for a mm-hmm. fashion brand to take on someone from Unilever. In Unilever, she was the chief human resources officer, and when she held that position, she was like the first female, the first Asian, and she was the youngest person to hold that position. Wow. Um, and what I admire most about her is obviously being able to, you know, take that skill set into fashion, which mm. is very, very different, you know, luxury, high-end fashion. The fact that Chanel saw, saw that potential in her. But I think uh, what I loved, what I'm inspired more, most by her is that she's a leader who really values empathy and inclusion. Right. And I think particularly empathy, you know, we could we could really engage in an empathy pandemic is is going to be the mark of a successful leader, mark of a successful organization, all of that into the future. Beautiful. Yamini, it's been wonderful speaking with you today. And I know a lot of uh, people out there would love to learn more about what you do. Uh, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, please connect with me on LinkedIn or via my website. And you can book me for, I don't know, keynotes, masterclasses. I can come in and do X Factor with you. And everything's high energy. It's fun. It's interactive. Um, and I do lots of good love. You know, like I do sessions where people feel feel good about themselves, but they also learn and they have fun. Great. And so we'll pop those links in the show notes along with where you can pick up her brand new book, X Factor. And I'm sure it's in all good bookstores online and also in person so please make sure you check that out yeah i mean it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today i um to be able to go into a, a different area with you this time but also very connected to your beautiful passion and love for story i love the way that you you weave in stories and you're able to visualize and bring things to life for everyone uh, when you are speaking you have a beautiful soul uh, thank you for being courageous and uh, doing an impromptu coaching there with me. And, and for those listening, that wasn't about me. That was for you. So you could understand the process of it and uh, learn something really, really valuable. And so I appreciate your patience with me uh, as we unpacked the, the, you know, in a very short space of time, we unpacked an, an X Factor, which needs a little bit of finessing, uh, but I, I liked what you did there. And so we always appreciate it. And I know that our listeners will find it really, really valuable. Yamini, thank you so much. And I look Great. forward to our next conversation. Oh, Craig, thank you so much. What a joy and a pleasure. Thank you, Craig. It's time for you to join the Inspiring Great Leaders movement by visiting craigjohns.com.au. Share this podcast on LinkedIn and be sure to hashtag Inspiring Great Leaders. 
We would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the Craig Johns LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram pages. Be sure to check out the next Inspiring Great Leaders podcast. Where the ordinary don't belong.